0: Hello, Elwood City Limits faithful, and welcome to another episode of, well, I already said it, Elwood City Limits. (laughs) This is Will one of your co-hosts, and uh, yeah, usually when I introduce the show, it means that this episode is going to be a little different. Yeah, this time around, unfortunately, Lucas has some work commitments this week, and we really want to keep to the schedule that we have, so I've decided to call in a bit of a favor. Now, you may have noticed from the title of this episode that, uh, well, his name is Doctor. Doctor is, uh, is a friend of mine who I've met uh, through podcasting, actually. He's uh, the host of one of my favorite podcasts as a wrestling fan. Uh, he hosts the Tune Suite podcast, which is all about the music of professional wrestling. But he is also an authority on animation, both Western animation and anime. He's got like three podcasts about over both of those, including the wrestling podcast. So he's a busy dude. I'm very, very glad to have him on the show. And uh, we're going to see just how much he knows about Arthur, where it kind of uh, lines up. He's actually doing a Rugrats podcast right now. So I would recommend you check that out, of course. We'll go over everything that um, he's got going on within the episode. So it is a guest episode, uh, and I know that we have a couple of emails here that have to do with Lucas, and don't worry, I'm keeping those questions to the side. We'll make sure that it gets to the appropriate the appropriate junction. So before we get the episode started here, of course, I wanted to go over a couple of things, including the emails, which we will get to in just a moment. But there is a piece of Arthur news that I wanted to talk to you about. In case you haven't been following us on our social media, uh, you may have missed That Mark Brown himself made a big announcement uh, for something he's got coming up in January 2022, and it is a retrospective book called Believe in Yourself, What We Learned from Arthur. So Mark Brown announced this on his Instagram. I would also recommend that you follow the Frensky Star on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, They are very good at keeping up to date on uh, Arthur news, and uh, they help me out sometimes as well. Uh, Believe in Yourself, What We've Learned from Arthur is coming January 2022, uh, and it looks like a brand new Arthur book from Mark Brown. Not entirely sure uh what exactly it's going to entail, but it is already on Amazon if you want to pre-order it. So, of course, I'm going to, and uh, we'll be able to talk about that when it's released. It could be a a good uh, early Christmas present, perhaps, or uh, something for around those times. Anyway, really excited to find out what this is kind of going to kind of be talking about, I'm sure it will be more focused on Arthur the character and perhaps more on the Arthur books themselves, more than the TV show. I'm sure the TV show will get a mention, but maybe, you know, I'll keep holding out hope that one day we'll get like a nice oral history of the show or uh, some piece of content related to that. Anyway, can't wait for that, and can't wait to talk about these emails over at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. We got a couple of uh, very interesting emails in, as we like to do. Now, I will say, uh, these emails very helpfully have their, have their pronouns uh, in their kind of byline, so please don't be afraid to send that to us. Also, one of these emails, anonymous, so don't be afraid to do that either if you would like to have your voice heard on the air, but you don't really want to draw attention to yourself, or for whatever reason, you can always remain anonymous. Our first one, however, is not anonymous. This one is from Lisa. Hey, Will, Lucas, and Mike. I've been listening for about two years now, and I realize it's been nearly a year since my last email. I'm running in to share thoughts I've had about some of the last few episodes you've covered. So, Strangers on a Train, that was one of my favorite episodes as a kid, and I remember always looking forward to it airing. Travel is something I really love, and I miss in this pandemic environment, and I love seeing the bits we do get to see of the different places. Even after learning the answer to the mystery after I saw it for the first time. I sadly can't remember if I figured it out even at that age. For lack of a better word, I always love the journey the episode takes you on. It's a little bit more positive, I think, than Lucas and I were on that episode. Back in January, you covered the episode Phony Fern, and I thought I'd write in as someone who is currently in high school. I'm graduating this May. Hey, congratulations. Pre-pandemic, most of my teachers will only take up your phone or discipline you if you were, one, using the phone while the teacher is talking, two, causing a distraction slash using it instead of doing work. However, most teachers would let us listen to music, as long as you use headphones, of course, if you were doing something independently. Now, with online classes, it's hard to tell when someone is using a phone, but they do tell us to stay off of them. Lucky you. Of course, when I was going to school, I had to lug around Discman. I didn't get an iPod until I was in high school, I think. Uh, And so it was still very much like no go. And I would have done that all the time. So lucky you. I will say that middle school was more strict with phones, and I don't know what it's like for elementary school these days, because very few kids I know in elementary school had phones, and those who did, like myself, did not have smartphones other than a couple of kids. I also have a question for you and Lucas. Uh, if you two ever decided to end this podcast, do you think you would go ahead and do certain episodes that either you guys or the viewers are looking forward to? For example, the episode where Buster starts a podcast or the episode where Neil Gaiman guest stars? This is a good question, Lisa, and I think I will handle this one. Lisa also had a question uh, that ties into another listener question. We'll get to that in a second. But I have I have thought about not ending the podcast, but like what we would do if that were the case. Because, well, life you know—life throws some stuff at you. Our lives are constantly changing. Uh, and, of course, don't worry. Lucas just had a really, really uh, tough work week this week. So he couldn't make it work, but he will be back. For patrons, he'll be back next week. For the free feed, he will be back. For the Arthur Season 11 finale coming up in two weeks. So we are not planning on ending the podcast anytime soon. But if that were the case, I would certainly like to give us time to... Do what you say there, Lisa. I would like to kind of do some of the episodes that, depending on where we ended, we may not have gotten to. I feel like there are a couple that y'all would want us to talk about and are probably waiting very, very patiently for us to talk about, including those ones that you just mentioned. So probably something like that. But I wouldn't worry about it too much. Our hope, <laughs> our hope maybe our foolish hope, is to do as much of Arthur as we can before we decide to call it quits. How far will we get through? I don't know. Nobody knows. But we can always hope, and we've certainly gotten through a lot. Thank you guys for all the laughs this past year. Excited to hear your thoughts about the rest of Season 11 and beyond. That is from Lisa. An anonymous listener is our next email. Hi, Will and Lucas. I have asked an email on here once before, so this isn't my first time doing this, but I'm glad things are still going smoothly on the podcast and you're getting near the end of season 11, which is a great thing. I like to predict what each of your top fives are going to be before I watch them, but I need to see you two cover the remaining three episodes before I can finalize it. My season 10 predictions were hit or miss, so I'm hoping I'll do better this time. By the time you're reading this, I'm assuming it's going to be on the episode where you covered Spoiled Rotten, which I'm very interested in hearing what you To think of it. I never see anyone talk about this episode and coming from someone who isn't a fan of Muffy and considers her to be static and consistently annoying I don't feel the episode worked for me for similar reasons you two brought up when you covered Buster Gets Real in that it teases character development that doesn't stick and when you have to watch Muffy be, in my opinion, annoying for most of the episode and have her do one nice thing at the end didn't make it worth it, especially considering this development doesn't really stick in the future The frustrating thing about these instances where character development is teased but doesn't occur is that certain characters in the show do have a lot of character development and grow and change, with my go-to examples being Binky and Fern, who are two of the best characters on the show, partly because they're very charming and enjoyable, and in the case of Binky, super funny to watch, but also because they are dynamic characters and grow and change. Compare how Binky acts in "Bully for Binky" and how Fern acts in "Fern Slumber Party" to how they act in most episodes, and there's a huge change. Considering their primary character flaws are very downplayed past the earliest seasons, and they feel like well-rounded individuals. I'll also add: this is me. This is Will talking. I will add Francine to that list as well. I kind of thought that we would go with her being kind of a bully for the like, kind of a bully, like halfway there for the rest of the show, but no, that seems to be something that was really dropped after the first few seasons. Thankfully, I think it really confused her characterization and now it's a bit more consistent Um, where were we it frustrates me that Muffy can't have the same level of development as someone like Binky or Fern and becomes less selfish and snobby over the course of the show especially for how often we use her and I feel it wouldn't be hard to do if Binky acted like how he acts in Bully for Binky the episode where he's at his meanest 95% of the time he was on screen that wouldn't be enjoyable to watch right thankfully that it isn't the case with him so I don't see why that can't also be the case with Muffy considering characters who are less prominent than her like Fern George and Molly are much more three-dimensional and less static than she is so in the end I'm curious to see if you take to think Muffy's performance in Spoiled Rotten worked or not as I know both of you have been critical of Muffy in the past good wishes to both of you and have a good day I think the only thing I can add to this beyond getting into the episode itself which I will in a little bit with Doctor but um, I think Muffy just has the unfortunate space of being in a character trope there's very few of the arthur main cast that i feel are tropatized for lack of a better word. Of course, you know, it's like Buster Eats, Brain Smart, uh, but they're allowed to have kind of depths within there. Muffy is very much almost stereotyped, the rich girl stereotype. And unfortunately a lot of her stories have to do with that because I think it is an easy source of conflict. I think it is uh an easy thing because I don't feel like rich kids necessarily are lacking in representation or anything like that. So they almost don't have to treat her like a normal kid. They can just have her be somebody's antagonist or just somebody's stumbling block and not have her grow too much. It is kind of too bad. I would like for there to be some depth, but again, it would it would require the show to have kind of consistent. Uh, or rather, not consistent, but changing character motivation, which you kind of can't strike a balance with that. You're either like The Simpsons where nothing really changes and nobody really learns their lesson, or you are an evolving character show like a lot of other cartoons out there and Arthur kind of skews more towards the Simpsons which I guess speaks in a way to how long it's been around it kind of sticks to those character tropes and sometimes stereotypes but for the benefit of telling more generalized stories so it is too bad that we can't really get some much growth out of Muffy but I don't know never never say never I suppose I also do want to acknowledge an email that we got from Casey Cosmos, one of our newer patrons, and uh, Casey and Lisa both brought up the Lucas Mancini list of kings. Unfortunately, we won't have any definitive answers on this week's episode, but I have put the note in there, and it will carry over to the next ECL episode. We will get a Lucas Mancini Hall of Kings update very, very soon. Thanks, everybody, for your emails. If you'd like yours right on the air, Limits at gmail.com, and we love hearing from you. Before we get started with the episode and with Dr course I want to take some time to acknowledge our patrons our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash elwood city limits a couple of new ones casey cosmos one of our newer patrons and then not long after casey uh Kelly Corbett and Baby Show Addict uh became our newest <laughs> I'm sorry I love that name uh became our newest patrons and we're very very grateful thank you everybody and we're gonna uh, throw I'm gonna throw out some uh some acknowledgements here: Christine Las EJ Acra, Line Dogs at XA, Lee Goldson, Ursula Cat. Uh, we have Melissa Aviles and Andrew Power and Matt and pretty cool stairs, Michaela Gibson and Shelby Eden Dawkins Law and Sierra S and Cat. Thank you all very much. We really appreciate your time and your well and your money. Frankly, that allows us to do cool shows like for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and uh, we've been having a blast with that quite frankly and we just did one of our i one of our biggest episodes and like it's one of our longest and i think it was one that uh, i would put up there with some of our best it was the episode on the Big Comfy Couch. And I would really recommend that you check out the preview to it in the free feed. And if you like, of course, it's only it's as little as a dollar a month and you get access to our growing back catalog there. Not just for the kids, you also have access to our movie reviews. we got a new one coming up very soon. And our commentaries and more. So check that out. And speaking of coming soon, uh, at the end of the episode, I am going to go into a little bit of what you can expect from uh, Elwood City Limited as we get to the end of March and into the beginning of May. Um, There's going to be a text post about this that I'm going to make public to everybody on Friday, but I will read from it as well, and uh, you can find out what you can expect, either as a patron or as a free listener from Elwood City Limits. All right. So that's all that business out of the way. Now we are going to get to the episode proper. It's me and Doctor talking about DW on Ice and Spoiled Rotten. I'm really curious to find out. I'm recording this the morning before I've watched the episode, but I don't know kind of where Doctor is with Arthur. It's always fun to ask our guests what their experiences are with Arthur, but I'm confident that he's going to bring something to the table that a lot of our other guests um well a lot of our other guests don't have three animation podcasts so uh i'm really looking forward to this and i hope you are too don't worry lucas is going to be back very soon before the end of the season and he will be back to answer your questions so until then let's take it to this episode of elwood city limits me and doctor talking dw on ice and spoiled rotten Well, as I I mentioned up top, it's a little bit of a different episode of Elwood City Limits this time around. We're getting close to the end of season 11. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to think about. And pretty soon, uh, Lucas and I are going to be going through our top five episodes. But, you know, every season or two, there is... Uh, I was going to say an interloper, but I feel like interloper has a bit of a negative connotation. We have a guest. We have a guest coming down to the uh, to the limits of Elwood City. And this time, it is a guest that we've not had on the show before. It is brand new, but I have been on his show before. And uh, if you're a wrestling fan, who knows? Maybe you even listened to that episode when I promoted it on our social media feeds. And his name is Doctor. Hey, Doc. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Oh, wow. This feels... Strange, I'm in a, di- I'm a different world now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like when I was on your podcast, Toon Suite, with you and Steve Yurko, it was, it's, I'm so used to being in the host role, and then kind of being the the fun and wacky guest, like the guest star, if we're putting it in kind of television parlance. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was very freewheeling, and it was nice. So how does it feel, uh, because you're in, you're normally the, ri- the ringleader of not just Toon Suite, but a lot of other podcasts as well.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I think I I brought this on myself. Obviously, yeah, I've I've only done uh, guest roles uh, whenever I've been on Steve's podcast, uh, and I think occasionally other people have asked me, especially anime-related podcasts, have asked me to be on. Um, I've also done like kind of like co-hosting duties for, for uh, like one, an old comic book podcast that I used to be a part of. Oh. Uh, so it's. It's weird. It's it's a, it's a nice. I wouldn't say weird, but it's a nice feeling. It's relaxing. It's nice to be here to talk about Arthur. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you actually asked me. I've been like, oh, "What's this guy going to bring me on?" I swear he had <laughs> him on the show a long time ago. Come on,
0: Pyle. Yeah, you know it's. It, I I was looking back through our our uh, kind of old episodes, and I realized we don't actually have guests on the show all that often. I'd say maybe between one to three times a year. So this is our this is our one. We'll see if we have any more coming up the rest of the year. It's, okay, it's, if
1: anything if anything you could probably like uh, yell at steve to have uh, to come on here
0: too oh i'm I'm, st- I'm still a little i'm still a little bashful about uh <laughs> asking steve to do things because it's like yeah. with, with steve it's like oh my like i know him from twitter and yeah, he, yeah he's a lot more famous than me <laughs> i'll say that <laughs> despite all the
1: work i do i've these well he's also like a fantastic artist go check out his work if you have not checked it out
0: absolutely follow steve yurko on twitter and on instagram uh I, yeah. i'm loving his one piece art and speaking of one piece and work that you do you Mm. are uh you're a man of many trades you have you have knowledge of like you like you said comic books you have knowledge of cartoons you've not definitely have knowledge of anime of professional wrestling so you seem like a natural fit to talk about an animated show but what i want to know is what is your relationship with arthur if any
1: uh arthur arthur always was this show that i would watch occasionally uh, on PBS whenever I had a chance because there were days where I would be at home because I was sick or uh, or days off or whatever when I'm not watching prices right, I'd usually be on uh, be on PBS be- also because we didn't have cable when I was younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that was mean the big big reason, especially like I live most of my life in Florida, so I think even like things the like the Fox channel we didn't get like cartoons. In Ooh. on Fox because our our Florida affiliate decided like hey forget these kids just like just make the entire channel about news so I was deprived of all the Fox related <sighs> cartoons and things like that what a bummer uh, yeah it's fine I survived through things like uh, Power Rangers and things like that but they were on like random channels if, there's like a there was a channel called like Whammy on Miami. If the, it, it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> Whammy uh, on Miami. Whammy on Miami. It was like a I think that it was like, I think it was like part of the Home and Garden channel that I like an affiliate of that, and the, it, it was it, it was at least one of our local channels, and that's how they showed a, like uh, occasional Fox uh, products, and which include Power Rangers, uh, but. Uh, Every once in a while, I still check out PBS. Mainly because, now, the thing is not so much Arthur, but the thing that actually got me into checking out the channel more was the, uh, Ghost Rider. I ghost love rider. Ghost Rider.
0: There was a yes. Wait, there was a Ghost Rider. Sorry, D- do you mean Ghost Rider or Ghost Writer? writer I apologize. Ghost my writer ex-sex. okay there you go that's yeah. that's gonna be one for our patreon exclusive PBS kids podcast at some point now that's a good one I've, I've forgotten about that was just a tiny bit before my time but I know what you mean with ghostwriter I was I was for a second I was like PBS had a Ghost Rider cartoon. I, that'd be a little bit off
1: the normal <laughs> thing. Yeah, I was this, like, okay, let's just like look into my skull eyes, and, <laughs> and I don't think that will be fly with the
0: kids. Ses- no, Ghost Sesame Street Sorry. Zoom and Ghost Rider. I was, I was just like, okay, hang yeah. on a second. This can't, this can't right. be real. Johnny Blaze
1: right next to Big, uh, uh, Big Bird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. Ghost Rider was always a, a show that I loved because uh, I think. It also kind of Oh, it's like like you could also probably like uh, pinpoint where that, that eventually aligns with other shows that I actually also am a part of that mm-hmm. I run as far as like detective stuff because I I love mystery shows. I've always loved those uh, those kinds of things. So Ghost Writer was, uh, was right up my alley, uh, and it was pretty simple. It's very much a good show. But, uh, but along with that, Arthur was also one of the other shows that I would watch. Uh, and it was one of those things where I remember watching it thinking – Oh, this feels like a show that was just how do I word this it didn't really feel like it was talking down to me
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think one that's what was not, what I liked about it you know I think uh it was it was very wholesome uh, and there are a lot of things that I would associate it with similar to like Nickelodeon Doug is probably another
0: yeah example of that absolutely very slice yeah. of life we've used the term slice of life which yes. i mean you you would know probably better than me uh the the, I've, the I've, appropriate I've, way to use that i've
1: i've I've heard the term a lot yeah <laughs> uh, but things like that rugrats and what have you so it's it it sort of ties into the sort of uh show that i can have and like a watch on tv and kind of is like oh you know there there are lessons there obviously but i think even then when i was young enough that i kind of I would say I was probably outside of the age range usually. Uh, by then, by the mm-hmm. time I started actually actively you know, checking out the PBS shows, but um, but at least those were the two that I remember more so than anything else. But it was never it was never like oh it's you know five o'clock in the afternoon let me go. <laughs> Uh, the, let me go check out arthur uh,
0: right it was never it was never like appointment viewing but it was no. just kind of part of the diet of uh, of of cartoons there there yeah, there, it, there are definitely those shows that i think we all we all watched as kids that we didn't really i wasn't we didn't really love and we didn't really hate we, it was just kind of part of the mix
1: yeah and especially because i was deprived of a lot of different kind of cartoons when i was yeah. younger it was it was something
0: <laughs> and i mean it's arthur is definitely at the very least, better than nothing. So, uh, I'm glad that it was kind of part of your your TV diet at that point. Um, the only other thing I, I I would like to ask about your Arthur kind of recollections is: Do you remember having any favorite characters on the show?
1: Um, I think I don't think I really had anyone. DW was always the one that I was like, oh, I don't, I could do without. And you call me on this episode, but you know, hey. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, not
0: only is this a DW episode, but it's like, oh, this is an Arthur episode that kind of talks down to you at points. Yeah, so kind of, kind of does. Ugh, it's not weird. The, not the best reintroduction, maybe.
1: <laughs> no, but it's fine. It's a, it, what's what's nice is that, and we'll get into the episode uh, discussion. More importantly, is that uh, it was still fun to watch. Um, that, I think that's what's nice about a lot of children's programming, especially ones that are usually done well, where it. It, it managed to be entertaining without necessarily being so heavy-handed. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it's a little heavy-handed, I will say, but um, I think it, you get the point across, and I still, I still enjoyed it. So. um I don't know if that answers your question. But, I don't know. Uh, I,
0: I definitely think so. Well, we're, but we're going to have to find out to what degree you enjoyed it, because of course, people like like Lucas and me, we've been we've been putting this into our eyeballs for five years, so we have a little bit <laughs> of a – we've we have a knowledge of the barometer of standards that Arthur can can kind of bring between you know good and bad. Uh, so where yes. this where this will end up, I'll be very interested to hear kind of your your thoughts on this. But I'm glad that initially. It was a positive one. I wouldn't have wanted you yeah. to come out of this and being like, why did you make me do this?
1: Uh no, it's okay. I I, I also run other shows that are you know, kid, kids programming. That are there are occasionally episodes where they involve mainly just kids uh solving mysteries. And mm. so uh sometimes those can be a little bit um rough where it, it feels heavy handed at times it's like man you can tell this show was made for kids um but other times you know there's also other mysteries where they have to solve a murder of some dude getting his head chopped off you know
0: yeah and I, I i don't i don't i don't think like i we haven't watched every single season of arthur but i'm pretty sure uh you, you know that kind of limb related violence is <laughs> not something that arthur dabbles in at least too frequently but uh, hey i might have I missed know. it. uh, there's a lot of seasons (laughs) there are man there really are slowly but surely we we're getting through it and we're gonna start with this episode here it's called dw on ice and so every arthur episode Doctor, it starts with a cold open, and a lot of them, especially recently, within the last few seasons, like to start off with Arthur kind of posing a hypothetical question, and this one is, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great if you only had to do something a few times in order to be great at it? And to illustrate this, Arthur, very much of the time here, so this would have been airing around, I'd say 2006, maybe 2007, and Arthur, at the time, dressed as pre-crisis Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah, I, I could
1: tell immediately. I thought that was like, I was kind of on the nose because at the, I think one of the probably uh, recurring things whenever people mention Arthur is that's still on? Uh, yes. So, so having a show where it's like, at least probably at the time, topical. Well, I mean, like, the uh, uh, Tiger Woods was like a known star. i I played Cyber Tiger on the N64. I should, I know what it is about.
0: Cyber Tiger? Is it,
1: was that the name of the game? Yeah, that was the name of the game. It was like it was a golf game. It, I think uh, I remember renting it on in Blockbuster once.
0: Okay, uh, I must have missed that one. It's just it's Cyber Tiger seems like it's I don't know. It's, it sounds like a, a tier competitor to to Mario or or Gex or something.
1: It probably would be. <laughs> it's a C tier golf game
0: also (laughs) well i mean hey tigers put his name on all kinds of games and uh yeah this was the time where he could basically do no wrong we were still some years away from the uh the scandal that would ruin his reputation and only now are we beginning to kind of get a little bit of repraise reappraisal of uh of you know like did he did he really deserve all of that in light of the many other people who their improprieties have come to light
1: I mean, you know, honestly, it's one of those things where like if you go back and it's like, hey, was there an episode where Arthur was dressed up as uh, Kevin Spacey, (laughs) Kevin Spacey, maybe, I don't know, as far as like a he could have picked, at least he was a uh, Tiger Woods was a
0: safe pick at the time.
1: Very much so. Yeah. So
0: it would have been different if Arthur was dressed up as like Mike Weir or something.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. That that would have been I wouldn't know what would have been a good other representative as far as like at least to illustrate the point but tiger works yeah
0: you because of course arthur is in this hypothetical he is uh immediately picking up golf and being great at it then he uh talks to a talks to a french tourist who asks him to take his picture I've, i just kind of find that funny because uh arthur's production studio is kind of between um, the provinces of Quebec and Ontario in Canada. So there is probably <laughs> somebody naturally can deliver that line in French. And Arthur seems to pick up French immediately and takes a picture of the family. And then it and then we flash forward. The picture is now hanging in an art gallery, and Arthur's teacher, Mister Ratburn, is uh, extolling its virtues. So Arthur is something of a savant as well at uh, frame composition and uh, and the art of f- photography.
1: Hey, you know, yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, we had to really get the hammer the home, hammer the point home where it's like, man, Arthur is so good. It wouldn't it be great if you can learn all this stuff right off the bat. To just pick up a camera and just be just have like a thousand likes a billion likes on instagram whatever
0: i mean it's it's the it's the perfectionist struggle isn't it i feel like a lot of us who kind of do this sorts of thing for a living we wish that we could just you know pick up the microphone like there are still days there are still days where i'm like man i wish i knew how to do my job or like i wish i was completely perfect at this like x or y or Z. uh especially when i listen to other people's podcasts i'm just like i wish it sounded as good as that but the lesson here of course and you know, you and I being in our <laughs> being at being X yeah. years old, uh, you you know that the the overall message is gonna come back around to like, uh, you need to practice at something before you can be really good at it, which in the end of the cold open DW, Arthur's sister, is very much trying to basically trying to yell at her friend Emily that she is the best uh and that her painting is clearly that of a like a dog or something even though it's completely impressionist as i believe the term is uh so it is a dw focused episode
1: mhm yeah i can it's like i see stars i see uh, a couple lines there i'm not really sure
0: it looks like kind of a an interpretation of like a breeze through the night sky it's actually kind of pretty
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds, that sounds
0: right. So the idea for the episode is that DW's friend Emily invites DW and her friend James here. So James is a bit of a later addition to the, uh, to the DW stories. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, he's one of the characters that maybe you didn't immediately know, uh, so uh, Emily invites them to her middle of winter party as opposed to her beginning of winter party and her end of winter party. And this one will include ice skating, which DW insists that she is the best at. Um, so ice skating. Uh, I know you, uh, doctor, coming from Florida, you live in a lot more of a tropical climate than me. Pretty much not only one not only one country up, but on the completely diff- opposite side of the country um, <laughs> Any, any, um, any experiences ice skating in your youth? Uh,
1: no, not at all. Okay. I lived, through, I lived in Florida for most of my life. I'm, I'm actually only now living in Ohio, so I'm, I'm now finally getting used to seasons. Uh, <laughs> that's not summer and cool summer. Uh, so. I never had that many uh, chances to actually uh, learn ice skating. I can't, I haven't even learned how to do like proper, like, like, like regular, like, uh, rinks, like the like skating, like really like, uh, like, uh, uh rollerblading and stuff like that
0: yeah that's what that's what i was going to go to next like land skating essentially Uh, um so i've i have kind of the opposite of this because we grew up in in a more comparatively cold climate so we even have a skating rink downtown in downtown halifax nova scotia but i will not go on it because at a very early age my dad wanted tried to get me to skate at all costs and it ended up making me hate skating because he wanted me to become a hockey player my dad's a big hockey fan and he played hockey and he wanted me to learn how to skate and i did not want to and uh yeah never really got better at it and i hate doing it to this day i i just really have bad balance can't really balance myself terribly well
1: oh that's that's kind of a shame yeah it's a yeah
0: It is, it is what it is, you know, it's just, I, I ended up taking to swimming. I love swimming, but, uh, in terms of, uh, my, my Canadian identity, no hockey and skating, uh, we were just never, never on the right side of anything. So the kind of brought back all these memories to see everybody skating, uh, and speaking of, speaking of hockey, um, so I mentioned that DW says that, you know, she's the best at ice skating. Uh, the Tibble twins. I don't know if you remember I them from one, some of the earlier episodes. I might have missed them. So they are basically the troublemaker kids who both look like each other. There's Tommy in the red and Timmy in the blue. And Tommy says that they both play. They both play hockey. And he even shows. He shows a scar that he has on it, like from hockey, and it's like directly on the top of his scalp.
1: Yeah, I, I, it took me a second to be like, "Where is it?"
0: <laughs> and I was like, "That's just your hair, bro." Yeah, but, I can't tell. <laughs> but no, it's just like he did he's got like a blading scar on the top of his head. It's wild. I mean, cool? Pretty yeah. cool. I mean, pretty cool, but I wonder if that's going to impede his hair growth. That's the thing I was trying to think of.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like especially I, at least within my family, we we don't have as far as I could tell genetic wise problems with our hair so as i mean i might thin at most but i don't think i've had any instances where like i had like anything like close to like cuts or anything like that to worry about hair so at least
0: i feel good it just makes me think of those people who have like those eyebrow scars and the hair just doesn't uh doesn't grow around them so i guess we'll have to wait and see on that one DW is practicing her skating just in barefoot in the house as Arthur comes in. And there's a there's an exchange here I liked where DW says, I'm a natural. And Arthur says, Yeah, a natural disaster. Oh, got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, so DW is all about trying to show up the Tibbles in skating. In fact, uh, she taught she talks about how. Um, you know the the like the first and I think maybe only time she ever skated it was Arthur showing her how to do it, and she's like, "I got." I, everybody clapped, and everybody clapped. R slash and everybody clapped uh, when she got done because her family was clapping for her because she managed to skate without falling down. So she thinks she's the greatest.
1: There is a some like uh, the I don't know. There is a level of just confidence that I wish I could have in myself. <laughs> that DW has, it's, yeah, it's unfortunately very um, delusional. But a delusional confidence is still kind
0: of nice. I think that that's kind of coming back into fashion now. I'm seeing a lot more people um, extolling the virtues of even, like... Mimetic and overblown self-confidence in the face of you know i think we've gotten a lot used to and i i'll speak for myself here of kind of the um you know extreme lack of self-confidence that kind of influences your behavior and now people are saying no you should go the other way and be so extreme with your self-confidence that you actually start to believe in what you're saying
1: yeah, I think uh, some level of self-deprecation is always fun as far as to keep... I understand there's some level of keeping yourself humble is always a thing that you should have, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's uh, debilitating, necessarily.
0: Yeah, or awkward for the people around you. Yeah. Uh, so DW has a dream that night of how great she's going to be. She dreams about showing up the Tibbles in the skating. Again, the Tibbles who are saying that they're hockey players, and they you know they know the ins and outs of of skating. And it's... This weird thing where like in the dream, the Tibbles are like bullying James and then DW like skates rings around them and ties them up. But the Tibbles are like much physically bigger than they normally are. Yeah. And they're dressed as hockey players. So they have like the shoulder pads on underneath the jerseys. But the shoulder pads just kind of made their upper arms look really like bulbous.
1: They're It's like they have three heads on top of each other. It's like they're all. Like, yeah, that's how big these shoulder things are
0: or like a resident evil monster that has like eyeballs on its shoulders or something very very orbular
1: yeah you have to after like uh hitting the tyrants a couple times with a rocket launcher this <laughs> is the fourth form that it turns into <laughs>
0: Oh, well, these are a couple of tyrants. <laughs> you you have no idea. These these uh, the Tibbles are basically the tyrant, the tyrant twins over here. Ugh. Anyway, got Resident Evil on the brain as as usual. Uh so of course the next day, DW does very poorly as she's trying to teach James how to skate, and he's even though he's not much of a skater either, he's a little bit better than her. And this is where we get the start of the DW bump count. Now, um, oh. I how, okay. So how about this? I went back. I count. I counted. I did a personal count of how many times DW falls down uh, on the ice. If you were to uh, guess, I have the number, and I'll okay. save it for the end of this, uh, the end of the episode. How okay. many times do you think she fell down?
1: Well, brother, I don't know if uh, how many times uh, DW would have uh, put someone over,
0: <laughs> so I can
1: only say... Um,
0: how many times she... did she fill up her bump card?
1: Yeah, her bump card, yeah. Uh, I would say probably... Ah, shoot. I've had a... Had I known this was, uh, I was going to get pop quizzed on this, I would have made sure to count. I think maybe f- six.
0: You're going to say six?
1: I'm going to say six. That's at least five more than Hogan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, keep a number in your head, and I'll let you know at the end of the episode how many times that I saw DW fall down. And I will add, that's in real life and in a later dream sequence. Oh, so, oh Okay. Yeah <laughs> So she does poorly And just kind of ends up embarrassing herself She slams into the boards a couple of times This is like <sighs> Speaking of hockey players Some serious injuries you can get here
1: Yeah I'm I kind of a little worried about DW uh,
0: DW maybe with a bit of uh, Post concussion syndrome perhaps
1: Yeah I was I was trying to find a pun there But I couldn't
0: Yeah me too It's like they're both It's like PCS and DW Just like yeah. Uh, Christopher D.W. Winsky. No. No. Okay. Oh nobody that's that's for nobody that's just that's, for that, me
1: that's for me i that, that you pop me
0: <laughs> uh so when she gets home dw admits to so this is her imaginary friend nadine who is painting mm-hmm. her toenails so she admits to nadine that she's not really that good at ice skating even though nadine tries to gas her up and be like but but no you're you're the greatest and like dw has to admit that no i'm not and now i'm going to be the laugh stalking of emily's party <laughs> <laughs>
1: Laugh
0: get a couple of pretty decent DW lines, and Adine gives her the idea of maybe they can have a different kind of party. So the next day at school, DW tries to get Emily to switch the party to being a Mary Moo Cow party, which is like basically. So, Doctor, for your for your convenience here, Mary Moo Cow is essentially the Arthur version of Barney the Dinosaur. Okay. And it's yeah. DW's favorite show. So I guess in this world, you can basically hire Mary mukau and she comes with like a party package almost like when you would go to a, um I'm trying to think here like when when I was little and used to do themed birthdays and you would go to like uh like a play place or an activity zone and you would like pay a flat fee and yeah. they would give you pizza and like uh birthday cake and you know, two hours in the fun zone or whatever. Do you, do you know what I mean? Did you ever have yeah, that? I,
1: yeah. I think uh, we've uh, been to like Chuck E. Cheese and things like that. Over oh my year.
0: God, you've been to Chuck E. Cheese. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, yeah. like, again, like Lucas and I in the very much the same, you know, we're different people and we've had different experiences, but we kind of, uh, we're, we've had the same type of experiences in terms of what is available to us in the Atlantic provinces. I, d- I d- never thought about the fact that you, have been to Chuck E. Cheese, and yeah. I don't know. I've never we've never had Chuck E. Cheese over here.
1: Never oh, ever. Okay, I, I guess I don't know if it's just some, strictly an American thing, or but. I think
0: it, I think it might be in like your. It could be like an Ontario thing, perhaps, or uh, maybe maybe if if you go to Quebec, there might be a a, a Charles fromage or something. <laughs>
1: Maybe <laughs> Charles Entertainment. I don't know what entertainment in French is. Entertainment from uh, uh But yeah, I've, I've been to a few of those. Uh, honestly, they're not. As a kid, they're amazing. Uh, I think I went back with some of my college friends again because there was one not too far where we're like, oh, yeah. "Hey, hey, let's get some pizza!" And it, you look inside, it is sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say the least. I mean, I'm sure that that is something uh, I was talking about something recently and how it's uh reputation has been for, Oh, it, it was talking about um, on the big, uh, so on our most recent Patreon episode, Lucas and I were talking about how clowns recently have become kind of less uh, seen as like children's entertainers and more as like kind of scary. Yeah. And th- I think you could say that for Chuck E. Cheese as well with the advent of stuff like five nights at Freddy's, yeah, I feel like yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is a little bit more intimidating and scary than perhaps it was.
1: I think also because of the fact that, especially because most of uh, these kind of children's like zones or whatever you want to call them, uh, entertainment facilities, uh, they rarely have animatronics uh, nowadays that aren't necessarily Chuck E. Cheese or related to the... Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I forgot what was the original name of the... It was like the pre... It was pre Chuck E. Cheese, but I forgot the name of it.
0: I'm not sure um, I know.
1: Yeah, I forgot. I know it's uh, it's a uh, uh, some someone named Rich Evans's favorite place. That's all I know.
0: Oh, but, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I I only know about Dick the Birthday Boy.
1: That's about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, uh. so I mean, and 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 I'm. I'm I almost apologize for freaking out. I'm sure a lot of our American listeners are like, yeah, it's Chuck E. Cheese, big deal. It's just like (laughs) I saw the commercials for Chuck E. Cheese all the time and it looked like a magical place. In fact, Chuck E. Cheese was a sponsor for PBS, so I would often see it while watching Arthur and be like, oh, man, I wish we had a Chuck E. Cheese. And then you grow up and it's like, yeah, it ain't all that great, man.
1: It's okay. I think, like I said, it's something if you were a kid and you were able to play, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game and oh. skee-ball and just get into a ball pit, that's fun as heck. But now, obviously and, as a kid, it's not going to,
0: yeah. And now and now with that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game coming out, you can basically recreate the experience at home.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I just don't have a, I need to get a ball pit or a, borrow the ones that my ferret uses
0: (laughs) not a bad idea so dw tries to convince emily to switch her party but uh no she's gonna go ahead with skating dw even tries to shame her a little bit she's like ah who wants to go skating but Mm. everybody wants to go skating uh this is this is around when we get dw's big imagination of like what she feels is going to happen and she thinks that everybody in her class is going to be like figure skating level amazing And she's going to be so bad and embarrassing that in her imagination – and this I was a little worried for a second. One of the Tibbles shows up with a Zamboni, which is uh, for – you know, Zamboni is pretty much taught to kids uh, at the age of five in Canada. But if you're not sure, it's the the ice cleaner machine that they use. Um, So one of the Tibbles goes over with a Zamboni. And at first I thought, like – is he going to kill her? <laughs> like, gonna is run he just going to kill her over? Wow.
1: Yeah. But he no. Barked, DW. I'm worried about you.
0: So, no, but uh, he, he uses a crane on the Zamboni, which is not regulation, and picks her up and takes her over to a kiddie pool, an iced over kiddie pool, which is the only place that she is apparently fit to skate in. And that's like leave- a, the ultimate embarrassment. Why would you leave a kiddie pool out during the winter? I know, but it's but it also kind of seems like it does seem like an okay idea for like babies' first skating rink. literally, like literally babies.
1: Um, that is true. That that that's a good point. Actually, that might be. Sm-
2: hmm.
0: Keep that in mind. I mean, if anybody wants to do that, we're getting near the end of winter here. By the time this comes out, we'll actually be in spring. But if anybody's ever done this, I would really like to know if it's if it's at all viable. So DW tries to fake six. She says that she has the chicken pox, even though she's already had it years, like a decade ago at this point. So it's not going to be fooling anybody. Arthur tries to teach her how to skate, and she seems to be doing okay with the basics, but she wants to move on to the fancy stuff, and then we get the kind of not-so-subtle message of the episode, which is you need to get you need to know the basics before you do the fancy stuff but dw wants to go right to it unfortunately she has she ends up having to go to the birthday party i think they're at the ice rink before the party starts and but when she laces up her skates and she's kind of deciding whether or not to go she admits to james that she's not as good as she said that she was but she looks at the skating rink and realizes Neither is anybody else like these are all four year olds so they're just kind of like they're falling down they're not they're a little unsteady even the Tibble twins are like butt scooching on the ice and (laughs) using the using the hockey sticks as like oars. And they're just like, this is how the pros play hockey. I'm just like, yeah. oh right, they're stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not trustworthy. <laughs> uh,
1: but, but it is sort of, uh, it's such a nice little moment because you, I mean, you see a lot of there a lot of kids with their parents, kind of like helping uh, their kids go through. People have like a chair to help them stay up while they're that, skating that
0: was my favorite thing to do with skating was to use a chair but uh my dad wanted me to be able to skate without it so i had to kind of be weaned it's like like it's like the training wheels of skating
1: mm-hmm. i'd assume that uh but yeah it's it's such a cute it's a nice little moment in dw realize, oh yeah hey like no one's really that necessarily an expert on skating and so it's like okay let's get in there
0: might as well go and have fun, and that's that's how that story ends there. Okay, so Doctor, you guessed six total DW yes. bumps. The at total least. bump, the total bump count is eleven. Ah. Eleven times in the episode that DW falls over onto the ice.
1: Okay, so whoever, so if I had at least, okay, I was under at least. So as long as the listener guessed more than me, I guess they would win. But if they don't, if went over, then I win. So. do i win audience let me know right in
0: (laughs) tweet at doctor and uh, let him know that he won all right before we get to the second half of this episode uh we're just going to take a quick break and me and doctor will be back for the Muffy centric part of this arthur episode
2: Hey everybody, it's Lucas from the Elwood City Limits podcast, and if you love ECL, there's a couple of ways to keep up with us. You can go to facebook.com slash elwoodcitylimits, at podcast. that's our Twitter, we take questions on Tumblr it's elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com there is an Instagram as well elwoodcitylimits on Instagram of course if you want to donate to the show and get exclusive content whether that's our full length commentary of the Arthur movies our brand new uh, bi-weekly PBS Kids Review show as well as our video game movie reviews with the Sonic movie review and Pikachu movie review you can check out patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits Uh, and that's also going to get you access to the Elwood City Limits Discord, which me and Will like to post it from time to time. And if you want that sweet, sweet Elwood City Limits merch, check out teespring.com slash stores slash Elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store. You can listen to the podcast at Libson.com slash Elwood City Limits, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and there's other podcast apps like stitcher and if we're not on your favorite app let us know and where can you let us know well That's going to be at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. That's also where you can send us a question and we'll read it on the show. Finally, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is to tell a friend who likes animation or Arthur or just podcasts in general. And to go to our iTunes page and rate us out of five stars. Apparently, that helps podcasts out. Bye, everybody! The name is spoiled,
0: rotten, and this is all about Muffy. D- do you remember much about Muffy, Doctor? I
1: just remember she was rich.
0: <laughs> We—it's funny—we had an email uh, earlier in this episode that was very much like, "I wonder why Muffy always gets like the kind of stereotypical rich girl roles." And it's like, well, well... <laughs> that's how people remember her for—is that it's like even even the name Muffy is so stereotypically rich. So it's kind of it's kind of the box that she's stuck in, as we go into this kind of her centric episode. And it's the the cold open is a book called "The Tale of the Poor Little Princess," and which is all about Muffy. Kind of she almost looks like um, uh, Kirsten Dunst as Marie Antoinette in that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it's not because the the poor little princess. It's not that she's fiscally poor. As in fact, the book says she was poor because she felt poor. Her subjects did not appreciate her. So kind of she's she's like Vince McMahon poor. If I audience, if I may, because you know doctor, doctors here, uh, we have to give give a little bit of allowance here. She's Vince McMahon poor, and that she's she's rich. She's making more money than she's ever dreamed of, but nobody really likes her.
1: Yeah, yeah come on, come on, pal. You, you you've been to my parties. So the best party why why aren't you rating why why doesn't anyone like me
0: i'm the poor little princess damn it nobody likes me but i'm so rich um so but she the poor little princess defends herself by saying that she's rich so that her poor subjects will have something to aspire to she does all these lavish parties so that people can be entertained by what happens at them and so it's like she is Again, again, to bring it back to Vince McMahon, she is a a necessary. What, what was the term that we used at the beginning of the quarantine last year? They were a necessary service or a uh,
1: oh essential service.
0: Essential service. So being rich is an essential service, according to the poor little princess. Have some fun, damn it! <laughs> and uh, to the point where she kind of takes, she kind of takes. I mean, I the, these comparisons kind of they kind of make themselves here like speaking of have some fun uh the narrator is fired because he's a little too critical of the poor little princess
1: oh that's great and i love him just walking away as like hey come on i got a book to finish come on
0: yeah what did you make to this kind of cold open this is where they sometimes get a little bit more fantastic with their um with kind of setting up the plot
1: I thought it was good. I think uh, as as far as uh, obvi- the obvious lesson is like, hey, just because you're well off doesn't mean you know you you kind of have to brag about it necessarily, or like you, or at least be aware of the people around you, because <laughs> like yes, you might be. He might be wealthy, but you know not everyone has that same luxury.
0: So the actual episode has to do with, uh, well, first of all, it starts off with Francine who is looking to get herself a new pair of sneakers. I'm I'm very much a sneaker guy. I'm not a sneaker head, but I, I almost exclusively wear sneakers.
1: Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm a big sneaker guy either, uh, but I, I wear them when I have to go outside.
0: And Francine wants to get, and I wrote this down: the Mercury X11 Pump Action Cross Trainers with Aquagel soles. These look like the real serious business, uh, like you would use these for like uh, playing a little three-on-three, and then uh, gonna go uh, lift some weights, doing a yeah. doing like a weight circuit.
1: Francine is waiting for that hype drop to to,
0: to come out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess Francine would be my closest candidate for who would be a sneakerhead among the cast. But um, you, you need somebody who also has hoarding tendencies. So, actually, you know what? Uh, later on this episode, I think Muffy might be the best candidate for a sneakerhead. Like, basically buying a bunch of pairs that she never wears.
1: Low key, I'd believe it.
0: <laughs> so, Francine really wants this pair of sneakers, but they're just a little too expensive, as the good ones usually are. So, Muffy initially offers to buy them for her but francine decides to save it up and buy them herself so we get a little montage of francine putting a little bit more money into her piggy bank uh seemingly week after week an odd expression here on her piggy bank's face (laughs) it's like what are you doing it's it's very it's it's like i want to i want to get a better look at it here it's like it's like dull surprise yeah. It's like it, it's like you ever, you ever you ever hear that description of like how transformers emote of just like they're it's always it's dull surprise. It's just dull surprise.
1: But Prime. But Prime.
0: <laughs> Listen, Ironhide. Uh yeah, it's just uh he's just like, "Oh, well, uh that's happening." Huh. So uh, this is my life. Okay. <laughs> it's a little I mean it makes you think what's going on in his head it's just straight it's not like you would think that it would normally be like you know smiling or something and uh it also makes me feel a little weird when Francine does the it's like smashes it open with the hammer and it's just like basically it's money guts are just falling out all over the place and it's just like huh Huh. well I'm in two pieces that's 11. (laughs) little strange i I couldn't help but notice i have to be i have to be careful with this one i mentioned to doctor before the episode like yeah we try to go a little bit lighter on the swearing so i would normally say something different here and the pg version would be that muffy crap hawks the shoes from under francine (laughs) uh she goes to the the uh the store which by the way is called sneaker mania oh sneaker mania running
1: wild over here on arthur
0: Uh, A lot of Hogan references in this one didn't see that one coming I'm
1: kind of upset at myself honestly (laughs)
0: Uh, So sneaker mania Uh, Muffy does buy the last pair of sneakers that Francine wanted And Francine calls her spoiled which is really like it it upsets Muffy It's the kind of thing where like at first glance she's like yeah I'm not spoiled But then she kind of keeps talking about it into the next day So she's clearly gotten to about this
1: yeah, I, I feel like there's like a lot of mixed messaging. I feel in this one. Okay, uh, if you don't mind me kind of.
0: No, saying. of course, no, of course not. What do so, you like? How do you mean?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I like I I think I was uh, when I was watching it the first time, I wasn't sure where the where the lesson was going to go because I feel like Francine is like, oh man, I can't buy these shoes right now. Okay, I got to save up, and that's the lesson. It was like, yeah, hey, look, you save up, and eventually you can get the thing. But when we get to the point where she is going to go buy the thing. Uh, you know, obviously after Muffy buys it and she bought the last pair and then, uh, Francine's like, Hey, you bought the last uh, shoes that was supposed to be mine. I'm like, hey, Francine relax. It's not, it's not like it's like, it's not like she did that on purpose necessarily. I don't know if, if it was on purpose. Who knows if there were like, cause it was several weeks. The, the well, be- I, uh, I feel
0: I, I, I think part of the point is is that Muffy when she saw it she she's like what are those nurses shoes like she she has no interest in them whatsoever she doesn't wear sneakers and then after Francine kind of talked about it then all of a sudden she gets an interest in it just when Francine uh saves up all her money so it's yeah. most likely Francine said in a fit of passion but uh passionate anger but yeah. she's definitely uh hit a core there of Muffy being spoiled and the problem is that we have already done an episode way, way back, you know, in like the first season when Arthur was saving up the money to buy the moon boots. Mm. So we already kind of know about the like, you should save your money so you can, uh, you know, buy what you really want. So we've already kind of got that lesson years and years ago, almost mm. more than a decade. kind of remember so those moon boots. To- to go back to it, yeah. <laughs> I figured I figured you might. That might have jogged a memory. Um, so Muffy's still kind of thinking about this. All the while, Lakewood Elementary, which is the school they go to, is doing a clothing drive. Mm. And Buster has brought in like an old coat that he doesn't wear anymore, in which he finds a ham sandwich in it, or it might be tuna. Uh, it might be salmonella. We don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he'll find out. Um, Muffy has... <laughs> This is so this is so low key awful. Muffy's just like, oh, I have nothing old and ratty to donate. Wow. It's like saying you don't have any cans of sardines to donate to a food drive, so I can't give to it.
1: It's a bit it's a bit rough, Fran uh, yeah, I I cannot I think even when uh when I, when I was very much in trying to do a little bit of like good in my life during my mm-hmm. during my younger days, I did try to at least donate the good stuff, the, the lack of a better word, of course, um, but like, yeah, I could, I, I can understand it's being like, hey, you can't afford a lot of stuff, and you can only get the cheap beans at the moment to, to donate, and things like that. Uh, but yeah, for her, it's like, well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Muffy. It's
0: it's Muffy. all kind of graded on a curve, right? Because Muffy is, yeah. you know, insanely rich. So at least for at least for this show, and this, she's she's speaking with Arthur and Buster. They both also think that she's being pretty selfish here. So she decides to try and be a bit more selfless. She says this to her uh, servant Bailey later. Um, so she tries to be a bit less, a bit less selfless, a bit more selfless. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. and she brings a box of clothes for the donation bin. But it turns out that it's not exactly what it seems. Francine calls her out on it because she actually bought defective clothes from a bargain shop uh, for the clothing drive. I mean, and it's like there's 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 pants with three legs, and uh, yeah, it's just clothes that nobody would want from the barn discount.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like I would have been okay with the part of like, okay, these are like bargain and clothes and like, uh, I mean, I, sure, I guess that it's in the right thought, but then it's also the fact it was like, okay, sweetie, at this point, come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, she, how, how can you both try and not try at the same time? I think yeah. we're finding it out here. And she, she keeps trying to insist to Francine that she's not spoiled. She, in fact, she used regular baby shampoo with no conditioner that morning. Ooh. And she even walked to school. That's wow. she's totally not spoiled, but Francine isn't buying it. And this is where we get this I was completely unprepared for this, and I, I stopped everything I was doing because Muffy calls Francine a richest. Richest. She's prejudiced against rich people. That's a very 2021 mentality there, Muffy. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of I guess the first thing that came to mind was like affluenza, which I feel like Muffy is a few years away from discovering. But richism, like I can't believe I feel like in a way we see like the most ridiculous people on our Twitter timelines effectively saying the same thing. Yeah, just not using that that much of a a straight up term. And I just like, can you say richest? Like, are you allowed to say that?
1: yeah i i feel like there's some level of uh i mean without getting too far depth uh, delved into it but yeah there there's some people who don't recognize their privilege oh my um, god yeah so i th- and honest you know being have being wealthy is a bit of a privilege you have some level of privilege than most other t- uh, other people don't have so for you to be completely just blind to that is is infuriating to say the least
0: Absolutely, especially especially now, like if if somebody if somebody was out here trying to say that they were richest, they would be dragged across the coals for it. So thankfully, Muffy's only eight years old. Yeah, we,
1: we can't cancel her
0: yet. No, not yet. But yeah, the Muffy is over party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So Muffy, you know, in the final act of like, I'm not selfless. I'm not I'm not selfish. She takes off her purple windbreaker and she donates that. But then, before she leaves school, she tries to sneak in and get it back, and Francine uh, catches her.
1: It's like it's like one step forward, three steps back with this girl.
0: <laughs> She's really not making a great first impression for you for you certainly, and uh, for those of us who have been with her since day one, it's not exactly her finest hour.
1: No, clearly not.
0: So Muffy having a real hard time with this kind of idea that she could be a selfish person, and trying to figure out how to kind of get rid of that. We get a who this is weird because we normally transition into the dreams in a different way, but this is just straight, like cut to a different scene. Muffy is in her bed and then she's discovering an ancient Pharaoh's tomb with, uh, with her, her butler Bailey. I guess he's not her servant. He's a butler. Same diff. Uh, and they find the tomb of Pharaoh have to have it. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. Uh, and she, and, and the, the Pharaoh's curse says in hieroglyphics that if you take anything, uh from the tomb you will pay the ultimate price or some such and muffy ends up taking the golden these golden shoes because she has to have it Mm -hmm. and then on the way back she's walking in the golden shoes they are miles away from an oasis and she steps into quicksand and she definitely she can't get out because the golden shoes are weighing her down Ah. it's quite it's quite the sophisticated metaphor for an eight-year-old's dream
1: yeah yeah very much at the very on the nose i will say so but, you know, hey, it's effective, obviously.
0: Now, this now this next part um, was actually referenced in a previous episode. So uh, I'll kind of fill in the blanks here. So Muffy ends up going to the Elwood City Clothing Exchange, uh, which is. Is which we've seen under a different name, and I'll explain in a bit, but we end up getting to a previous throwaway character of the week. Now, Lucas, my co-host, loves to do throwaway characters of the week, and this guy, Buzz, who is the owner of the Elwood City Clothing Exchange, uh, we've seen before, and he cuts quite the figure. He's uh, got a very eclectic clothing taste. I don't know if you noticed the, you know, he's got the the Arthur glasses, he's got the beret, he's got a very colorful vest, you know, I'm um, you. You might you might say hipster, but I think uh, you may also. I mean, it could just be fashion sense. Maybe by today's standards,
1: probably. I mean, how uh, when did this air? Two thousand six ish. Two thousand six. I guess that would probably. Yeah, I think so. I think that would fit in within that sort of time frame.
0: So this Buzz character is um he own- so he owns this the clothing exchange and it's a very much meant to be like a philanthropic organization uh where he you know he mentions that all the profits go to the next door soup kitchen and that kind of stuff. So Muffy brings in a pair of sneakers for him to sell, but while she's there she she begins to appraise all the different things. Like Buzz ha- Buzz is the kind of guy who'll just be like, "Eh, this looks like this is this much." He kind of prices things like they're at a yard sale. Yeah. Just kind of just kind of like supposing. But Muffy has actual knowledge of some of the uh, the uh, vintage stuff that he the accidental vintage stuff that he has. So she agrees to help him out or find someone who can help. At one point, Buzz is like, I should probably have a professional go through all of this. And I'm like, dude, how long have you had this shop and you haven't done that? (laughs) Man, I feel sorry for that soup kitchen. Yeah, really though. I mean, he does say it's like ah, that costs money, but it's like, man, you got to spend money to make money here, Buzz. Yeah, and it's all for a good cause anyway. So, absolutely, it seems like maybe that the the clothing exchange isn't getting a whole lot of uh, turn, a lot of um walkthroughs. Let's say, Mm -hmm. so Muffy agrees to kind of help him out, and she turns the store into Care to Wear, which is uh what what we saw in the previous episode called Mr. Always Right. Uh, So this is where it came from. And Mm -hmm. this is another, uh, Doctor, this is another example of how um, Arthur kind of works in a weird kind of time frame. There's no, it's not so much that every episode follows the next one. A lot of times we'll get these subtle clues that, for example, this episode actually takes place before one that came two episodes ago. Ah. So they're all over the place with the timeline.
1: Okay, I wonder if it's like a a production for maybe certain episodes and there's like they air it later on when they should have.
0: That could be that could be true. But I also think that Arthur generally operates on a pretty flexible timeline in terms of like it. Nothing has to match up exactly. But in this case, it does seem a little odd that we would see the genesis of Care to Wear after seeing it for the first time. I mean, so if, maybe 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 you're on to something there.
1: Maybe. I mean, honestly, it's probably also the fact that, the, hey, this is still a kid show. I don't think anyone's going to remember that, right? Those are going to talk about this show anytime soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, we pretty much deal with that every week. And eventually, Muffy, uh, I believe she gives the sneakers to Care to Wear, which is where Francine is able to buy them for herself. Francine apologizes for calling Muffy spoiled. And Muffy says, if the shoe fits... <laughs> But there is act- but there is actually a funny exchange Where earlier Muffy was like uh, These sneakers really help with my foot Fungus and since this is the same Pair that Muffy uh, was wearing Before Francine was like you were kidding about the foot Fungus right and the episode literally Ends as we go to black with "Uh." <laughs> so Muffy uh, Muffy needs to get that looked at she needs to go to a podiatrist
1: Yeah and uh, Francine
0: really Needs to clean those shoes Yeah 100% Okay, so this is the point in the episode where we talk about our feelings on both of the stories. So, let's go back to DW on Ice. So, doctor, this was your first time watching Arthur in a long time. Not only was it a DW episode, but as Lucas and I have talked about a lot, the DW episodes in the fir- in the last few seasons are really seem to be centered around like or made for a much younger audience than typical than typical Arthur so mm-hmm. for, for example when I started watching Arthur I was like six or seven years old but it seems like the DW episodes are being made for kids around her age so like three to five yeah. so there may be you know as much as we are you know x years old watching a children's cartoon <laughs> it, some, 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 Yeah. sometimes it can really be you know definitely not for us so how did this story strike you
1: i thought it was cute i i think uh i, I mean, i made i said uh a couple times as far as like DW's sort of self confidence that verges on um just the uh, uh what's the what was the word i used <laughs> i already forgot it already uh she very ignorant not ignorant but the she she's very she feels like she can take on anything kind of thing and it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, like man, sweetie, you don't realize that how what level of you you still need work, you're still young, you still have a lot to learn, and I think it's a confidence that i I probably wish I had when I was young, but obviously i it, I grew up a different way, but uh, you know, hey, she gets to the place where she learns, like, okay, yeah, I probably I shouldn't feel worried about. Looking bad, and I think that really where it stems from. And I kind of like that little aspect of it where it, it all kind of stems from her knowing that she is not as good as she thinks she is, and she doesn't want to get be embarrassed. So, yeah, it uh, the idea of making like these little schemes of trying to like find ways to get around being in this uh party was uh, a nice little touch. Um, and yeah, I it's it's very much a kid thing where it's especially for a kid who. You know, being embarrassed in front of strangers is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you, and I think that uh, they kind of uh, they kind of hit the the message across. Um, you know, obviously for a young, it's still for a younger demo for this one, but mm-hmm. I think it still got uh, still got the message across.
0: Okay, um, so. I've, I've expressed before that I'm not a great fan of these DW episodes because it seemed for a long time that DW was somebody that you could do stories with and it could appeal kind of across age groups age groups and i feel like a lot of time DW is at her best when she's kind of like the wittiest character in the room when she's you know able to have the good lines and she's able to be a foil usually to arthur and this one was okay like we kind of i feel like we've kind of gotten into stuff like this with her and with other characters before uh so like some of the lines were pretty good but it was just a little simple for me like mm-hmm. it was very it was very much again like um like A to B to C, A to B to C. And not that not that this has not that this has to be the departed or something, but it's it's very much a very simple story told for young children. And yeah. what I always like to say on this show is that Arthur is at its best when it is telling stories for kids, but in a way that is, like you said earlier, that you don't feel spoken down to. Right. And I feel like this is just really Kind of run of the mill, a little like a little average. It's no, there's nothing wrong with it. I some of the some of the stuff was imaginative. Some of the lines are pretty good, but it's just kind of didn't really do anything for me.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the comparisons that I made earlier subtly was to this anime series. It's manga series as well, uh, called Case Closed, or yeah. more people know it as Detective Detective Conan, where um, where it follows this uh, this teenager detective turned that got turned into a little boy through some because of some shadow organization, and he basically f- solves mysteries. Uh, and he usually is uh, paired up with uh, a bunch of other kids in an elementary school. And sometimes in the anime specifically, where there will be episodes that focus uh, focuses on the kids. And while most of the episodes would be about, like, okay, how did this guy found a way to lock the door, th- hide the body, and be able to have... Um, get away with this murder. That's probably typical case. While the episodes with the kids, it's like, oh, uh, I wonder what the teacher's doing after school. Why is he? Why is she always like uh, uh, showing up late? And you find out the teacher is like practicing for something or whatever. And it's a very simple story. There, you don't you don't have like a grand mystery you're solving. You're like, oh, you're in a little romp with the kids. Um, this is kind of how I. View it as that, yes, uh, I know that this, especially in Japan, that show is very tar- much targeted towards kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, every once in, every once in a while, and especially with the cartoon, you'll get those episodes where, like, oh, you're not – there's no big mystery. There's <laughs> nothing that's progressing the story. As much as Conan fans want to tell you, there, are, there is a story to that series. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of get, like, there is sometimes – I get it. The shonen the, 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 the detective boys are not exactly the most entertaining episodes but sometimes hey it's what you got and they usually are okay.
0: Okay. I, I, I think that's an interesting comparison. I, and again, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and kind of, I feel like those are the kind of connections that we may not necessarily make ourselves. Um, so we did get a little bit of correspondence about spoiled rotten. And, uh, I think people responded to this one as like, you know, one of the worst that Muffy's ever been. And I find it when we talk about it, you know, when we talked about the episode, I, I kind of, I agree with you in the sense of like I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel coming out of this one because obviously Muffy is being very selfish here um, and she's trying not to be and but it's just kind of it devolves into parody after a little bit of just like she's making all of these mistakes and trying not to be selfish. And it's really about the appearance of not being selfish because she's not trying she's not trying to address her behavior. She's trying to address how people see her, which yes. is which is in playing with her character. And then at the end, she ends up doing this nice thing for this, you know, kind of philanthropic business. And it does benefit her friend. But I don't feel like, there was ever a hint of her character changing. Now, of course, Muffy has been through certain episodes where she is more selfless. Uh, I Actually, I can't think of any off the top of my head, so maybe I'm lying, <laughs> but it's like 11 seasons. Surely that's happened once or twice. But um, yeah, this didn't really feel like a character growth episode this uh we were talking about this recently about how sometimes much like the simpsons uh arthur will have it, it will like threaten character development it'll it'll talk about character development that you know will never come because it doesn't really like to change the status quo all that much which is it's it's fine it's the reason why it's been around for so long but it's also a little frustrating for for like lucas and i and everybody listening who have been like long time viewers and who would like to see kind of permanent change so i can understand why some people might have thought that this could have been an opportunity for Muffy to kind of turn over a new leaf, but recognizing that unfortunately she will always exist in some variant of this little rich girl stereotype. Um, I, I, I mean, I th- I, <laughs> I thought that her behavior was 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 kind kind of funny, not like super funny, like, but it all peaked with her calling Francine a richest, and um, I'm almost surprised that hasn't uh, been memed to some degree. <laughs> but um yeah it, i kind of it was around
1: 2005 maybe oh but. my
0: oh my god this this one might have gotten them in some hot water um yeah because in the end i feel like it just kind of ends up with francine being like sorry i called you spoiled and it's and to and me i'm just like but you're right <laughs> like yeah. you're all you're you're right to, to color that so i don't know it just kind of it feels like it doesn't really go anywhere and we end up also nowhere but the i mean the the ride itself is is fine it's just again kind of it's a little bit of it's a little bit of a flat line uh in terms of so I, I I do feel bad for those who kind of wish that more could be done with Muffy. I will say she didn't annoy me in this episode. There have been definite times in the past where Muffy has annoyed Lucas and I, and I don't find her so much annoying anymore. It's just that I I find myself not even paying her too much attention because she's rarely used outside of this kind of character archetype that she's been put into since day one, which is a little too bad. But it is what it is, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so this again sort of just exists. But what? But what did you think uh, of uh, spoiled rotten, Doctor? I,
1: I think there was. I mean, obviously, given the way you've portrayed at least certain episodes with Muffy, or at least an idea of what she was before, this almost feels like character assassination um, <laughs> in some ways the, for what they're doing. Uh I think there yes unfortunately to say that there if there was a lesson learned um I would say the most I could say is I think Muffy is a lot more self-aware now at least you would like the, to,
0: you'd, you would like to think so for I sure I would like
1: to think that especially with the if the shoe fits line the fact that she recognizes that mm. uh, that like No that's a, you know what that's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. I think that was the one where I was like okay at least she realized that yes yeah, she was acting spoiled. Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: Uh, will that affect anything? Uh, any episodes down the line? I don't know. That's for you guys to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I think yes. It, to say that by the end of it, I think the 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 idea of being philanthropic at least probably is the. It's a. I would say it's like a. It's a for effort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it probably for her, uh, at least. say, Hey, look, you you helped out this one store that does uh, charity work and what have you, and I think it's and you're also helping with the economy in the, in this area because you know it, it's very it's a very capitalist society because that's where we live in, um, and I think she her role in it as someone who knows what what is worth it, when it comes to at least material things, uh, it, it helps out for, uh, have sell at the store, which people can buy. I mean, Francine got those shoes in what I'm assuming is probably at a cheaper rate than she would have gotten normally. So everyone kind of gets what they wanted in some ways, but obviously mm-hmm. it's not exactly, um, the most clean, clean cut, um, execution for, at least for this character within this, with within the scope of this one episode.
0: And this is why I always appreciate bringing in new perspectives to the show, because sometimes you just see things in ways that it's hard for us to. We're in the weeds here We're it's sometimes we mistake the forest for the trees. So, I mean, doctor, I really appreciate you, uh, you being a guest with me on this show. And I hope that it was I mean, thankfully, an Arthur episode is not too much time, but I, I hope you enjoyed your return back. To a childhood, to a childhood—if uh, not favorite, then childhood necessity.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I know. I actually I did really enjoy this. I, I think, uh, if anything, it made me uh, try to look up where can I find the show, uh, so I could watch as you know whenever I get a chance. My girlfriend is also a fan of the show, so I, I could just, I could probably ask her, uh, or I'd like at least inform her where we can probably find where to watch episodes.
0: They're pretty easy to find online, thankfully, if, if you're looking for them specifically. And uh, shout out to your girlfriend. Uh, clearly, she clearly she has good taste. Yeah. So, Doctor, as we wrap up here, I would love for you to tell everybody the many ways in which they can hear your voice again um, and kind of the roster of shows that you host, because they are uh, diverse and many. So, Doctor, yeah. where can people find you?
1: Well, you can find me on the internet through uh, Twitter at SSAA Podcast. Uh, the, the show that I run in, uh, from the beginning, like 12 plus years running, it's called the Ass Backwards Enemy Podcast over at SSAApodcast.com. Just think about that for a second. Uh, <laughs> and uh, from that, we've branched off several other shows. Uh, which include uh, Jessica and Tama Podcast, which is a series that has ended (laughs) uh, uh, which we occasionally uh, do, we did a show about. Uh, Detective Conan, which I mentioned earlier, I have a show specifically on the manga, covering that over at OnePodcastPrevails.com and as far as anything else, I also within my network, uh, I mentioned my girlfriend, there is a podcast that I run with my girlfriend uh, talking about Rugrats the Nickelodeon Nicktoons Classic over at Podcast dot com, which is called Too Grown Up," a Rugrats retrospective, um, and that oh yeah, and uh, I have a wrestling show <laughs> that <I laughs> oh ta- yeah yeah <laughs> I, uh, that I talk about uh, uh, the music of professional wrestling over at Suite, uh Tunesweet dot me so. Yeah, that's it. If you want to find more things about the things as far as any other shows that I do, uh, you can check out basically the page that has everything in it over at uh, ssaanetwork.com dot com, which is our network of shows, which is basically our Patreon, where we have also like shows that are exclusive to that. If you've heard of Haka show, uh, have a podcast dedicated to just that is on on exclusively on our Patreon, and a few other extra special things on there. But uh, yeah, that's. The things that I run, I run a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, I, I burden myself with this constant need for people to listen to me, uh, and I find <laughs> ways, even if it's on someone else's show.
0: Well, I'm happy to enable you, and uh, I, you? your 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 work ethic is one that uh, is a constant inspiration to me, and uh, I I think in my in my heart I would love to be able to commit to that many shows. But uh in my and then my brain says, uh no, no. That's uh that's that's for other people to, to do. So
1: I, I think between your show and the stuff that you do on your Patreon is probably where I wish I would be right now. <laughs> uh it's just like maybe one, maybe another show and that's it. But uh most of these is done through mainly some level of just uh I wouldn't say uh constant work ethic, I would say some Some level of stubbornness is probably the reason why most of these shows are still going to some degree. Right, Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the things like the Rugrats show with my girlfriend, I think that's just mainly because, hey, um, we're we're together a lot, so you want to do something besides eat? dinner Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: podcast podcasting in a a way is uh it's it seems to be it seems to be life to you and i i really uh or maybe maybe that's i don't mean that i mean that in a complimentary way uh because because podcasting is podcasting is great and uh i i love doing it and i uh love i've loved the connections that i've made through it including with you doctor so uh hopefully it won't be too long before we are on another show together in some form or fashion
1: I could think of many things we could probably do.
0: I think you're right. Okay. So we'll say goodbye to doctor for now. There's going to be a little bit after this as we wrap up the show, but doctor, thanks again for joining us for this episode of Arthur and, uh, for adding your valuable insights. Thank
1: you for having me on.
0: I want to say a big thanks to Doctor for pinch hitting on this week's episode of Elwood City Limits. It was really great to talk to him again and hopefully won't be too long till I'm on the next episode of uh, Toon Suite. Uh, I got to be on there uh, talking about the themes of Monday Night Raw if you're a wrestling fan and interested in that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I'd say it was fun for, it was fun for me to do. And uh, Doctor's a good guy. And I'm glad that we had the chance to kind of talk about something besides wrestling. For once, maybe? (laughs) Either way, he's a super great guy. I'm glad that he was here. I just want to take some time here at the end of the show, because coming out, hopefully along with this episode, but coming out tomorrow, which is Friday the 19th, is going to be a schedule, an end of season post schedule for Elwood city limits kind of like to do this near the end of seasons nowadays uh, just to give you an idea of what you can expect both on the free feed and on the uh, Patreon feed so of course next week as usual we will have another episode of for the kids a PBS kids podcast we're gonna be talking about a show that Lucas and I as Canadians uh, watched a ton of as kids and you may not have heard of it before but I'm really excited to tell you more about it the adventures of Dudley the Dragon. So that's coming up next week on the Patreon for patrons only. Then in two weeks from now, we are going to be talking the Arthur season 11 finale. It is Big Brother Binky. This is one that some of our listeners have been waiting for for a long time. It's a rare double episode. We got one story over a whole 24 minutes. So we're really looking forward to that. April 9th, uh, we're going to be doing Lucas's pick of For the Kids. Don't even know what that is yet, so you're going to have to wait and find out. April the 16th, which is the next Free Feed episode, will be our Season 11 recap, and that is going to come with a bonus review. I kind of want to keep that under wraps, but so you are going to be getting your normal recap, Lucas and I giving our top five episodes of season 11, but you're also going to be getting in the very same episode, a bonus review of Arthur related content. You'll have to wait and find out what that is. April the 23rd, it's another Patreon week, and we're going to take a little break from For the Kids and do something that, well... Lucas has been threatening on the Patreon and off for several months now. We are going to do an ECL movie review of Monster Hunter. Yeah, the Mila Jovovich Monster Hunter movie. Now, it doesn't exactly tie into our theme of, you know, Things based off of cartoons, we've done ECL movie reviews on Detective Pikachu and on Sonic the Hedgehog, which means I'll have to see Sonic the Hedgehog too, probably. But yeah, Monster Hunter, based off of a video games, sure, but I always took it as, you know, Sonic and Pikachu, you think of cartoons, but maybe now it's video games, I don't know, that's what we're going to be doing, that's April 23rd. The ECL movie review of Monster Hunter will be coming out for patrons only. April 30th is when we will be back on the free feed with the Arthur season 12 premiere. Uh, So you won't have to wait long. Just at the end of April, we'll be getting into season 12. A whole new batch of Arthur episodes, new changes. Always love the starting of a new season. And then the week after that, it will be the patrons pick for for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and we will be, we will be back to the regular uh, two-week schedule that we are on right now. So that's what it looks like. You'll be able to get that in text form this weekend over on Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. That post will be available to everyone, including if you're not a patron. So you can take a look at that. And of course, this is not accounting for any changes in the schedule that we can't control. And we will let you know about that as they happen. Hopefully, knock on wood, not at all. We'll find out. All right, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, episode of Elwood City Limits. For Lucas Mancini and for Doctor, my name is Will Young. And, oh, I uh, ugh, I just realized I don't, I don't have a quote. Um, I, I, I guess I'll just say, don't, no, no, I, I was gonna say don't be a richest, but be a richest. If, you're, if you have to be an ist of any type, be a richest.